0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast with me, Matt Addison. Today's episode is a look at a former Liverpool midfielder who played under Rafa Benitez when he won the Champions League in 2005, before he then moved to Real Madrid in 2009 and then Bayern Munich under Pep Guardiola in 2014. Xabi Alonso is now manager at Real Sociedad's B-team in the third tier of Spanish football, as he aims to develop their players and take them back, possibly, to the second division. Alonso made no secret towards the latter part of his career that he wanted to move into management, with the move from Real Madrid to Bayern Munich largely down to the chance to work with Guardiola, having already worked under Jose Mourinho and Carlo Ancelotti. So far, it seems that Alonso's career choice was the right one. Now, in his second season... As Real Sociedad B boss, Alonso has made an extraordinary impact on many of his players. Last year, the team missed out on the playoffs, but such was the form of so many of Alonso's young players that several took up that step to the first team in La Liga ahead of this season. Real Sociedad started this campaign with no no fewer than 16 players in the first team squad who'd come through the club's own youth academy, and that's more than any other La Liga side. Now, with a new group of starlets to work with, Alonso has promotion in sight. So what next? Well, we're about to find out. Alonso is heading in the right direction. So my first guest is a Spanish football writer based in Lisbon, Alan Fahili. Alan, thank you for joining me. I want to, to start really with Xabi with Alonso's sort of style of play, the, the sort of way that his team's set up. So could you talk us first through his, his tactics and even more simply than that, really, just the, the formation that he's using at the moment?
1: Yeah, so um, Real Associates kind of their tactics are basically based off the first team. Um, so it's kind of very much uh, possession-based, high-pressing, kind of the typical modern team, you could say. And tactics-wise, it's kind of primarily maybe a 4-3-3 or a 4-1-4-1. Um, but then it can also evolve into a 4-2-3-1 or maybe a 3 at the back as well. Um, like, he's quite flexible. That's actually a hallmark of his His whole kind of ethos is that he can be very flexible and he can adapt to in-game situations. I think it's something he said that he really appreciated from Jose Mourinho's management style, that kind of ability to uh, adapt as the game requires, you know what I mean? But, uh, But yeah, I think fundamentally, it's kind of maybe the three midfielders are very important to him because obviously as a defensive midfielder like he was, that kind of holding player is very, very important. And we'll probably talk about it later, but two of the players who are currently in the Real Sociedad first team are holding midfielders. Uh, Zubi Miranda and um, uh, and Guevara, uh, and they've both been kind of coached by him before they came into the team. So I think it's that's the fundamental kind of cornerstone of his managerial style.
0: And you mentioned there the sort of adaptability and and the ability to move between various formations. Is that game to game, or is that even within game? I mean, we've certainly seen with Jose Mourinho. You know, he's not afraid to to make a substitution. You know, twenty minutes into a game, if it if it needs to be. Is there a sort of management within games, as well as depending on the opponent, game to game? 100%
1: 100% because Chabi is someone who I think will never go through the motions of whatever he does. And I think the reason that he actually was attracted to management was because of this game within a game, as in, like, managerial – being a manager isn't a kind of a means to an end to him. It's actually an activity in itself. Like, a manager isn't just existing in relation to the players he's coaching. A manager – to be a manager is a skill in itself. I think Xabi appreciates that. And he's mentioned many, many times that he kind of has – this system where he is maybe Plan A, Plan B, and Plan C, and while Plan A maybe he's overriding philosophy, for instance, like we saw Marcelo Bielsa yesterday against uh, Manchester United, um, who is kind of an ideologue. I think Chabi actually prioritizes the concept of being able to change. So for him, for instance, he spoke about in the past how it's important to have say Plan A, Plan B, and Plan C, but then also to be able to kind of adapt within the game and convey his message to the players in a way that doesn't overload them with information. So, for instance, he kind of always says they should know plan A, but they shouldn't know plan B and plan C until they need to. And for him, it's a skill to actually be able to convey this change in plan and the importance of changing the plan and why you're changing the plan within the game. And it's kind of a skill that he has that he can actually convey to the players in that sense. So, yeah, I think it's definitely that's the case.
0: Yeah there's a lot of, of different managers that he played under Jose Mourinho is is one of them we'll get onto a couple of the others a little bit later but is there somebody who stands out maybe as having influenced him more than the others is there somebody that you would say sort of molding his style in the same way
1: um well i think like he has that maybe the most expansive history of managers, that, uh, uh, most players in world football, because you, you've Rafa Benítez, Manuel Pellegrini, Jose Mourinho, Pep Guardiola, Carlo Ancelotti. Like, it really is kind of a who's who international management, you know? I think with Rafa, obviously, his kind of personal relationship, Rafa maybe wasn't the greatest, and that's kind of well-documented, and things didn't end very well there with him. Um, but I think he really appreciated his kind of level of tactical intelligence and also his kind of attention to detail. Um, And also he kind of mentioned in the past that he he found it really impressive how Rafael was able to build a link between the players and the club so that you add, even though, you know, Chavi's obviously from San Sebastian, he was kind of clearly, clearly linked with the city Liverpool when he was living there, especially. Um, And I think he says that that's kind of a a trait that's really, really valuable in management. Um, But in terms of one specific reference, I would say no, because he's kind of made it very, very clear that he's his own man. Um, As a person, he's a very self-confident person and he's kind of never going to be a carbon copy of anybody. He's spoken in the past that that's kind of dangerous to even do because you'll always be a kind of substandard imitation. So I think his whole thesis and kind of concept is around taking bits from all these managers, maybe kind of underlined by an overriding work ethic and attention to detail, and then kind of creating his own system. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you you talk through the, the tactical flexibility, that relationship with his players, it, it sort of reminds me a little bit of, of Pep Guardiola. I'm sure there must be a, a bit of Guardiola in his management because he moved to Bayern Munich, I think primarily, really, to, to work with Guardiola and, and learn from him.
1: Yeah, well, he said that that Barcelona team that he faced when he was at Madrid, he was, of course, part of the team that kind of didn't really take them down but did beat them to the title during that amazing run uh, under Mourinho. Uh, and I think he always said that they were an unbelievable team but they're also incredibly well drilled and I think he really really appreciates that kind of obsessive capacity to work on a team no matter how talented your players are and yeah of course he went to Bayern Munich pretty much purely to learn from him almost because he was so fascinated by how things worked from the inside after being out from the outside so many years Um, but I think he differs in certain ways I think that he's more of a kind of a well-rounded character than Guardiola, maybe. I think Guardiola is very kind of one-track obsessive, whereas I think Xavi is almost a bit like Ancelotti in many ways in that he's a very, very good work-life balance, if that makes sense. So while he's very hardworking, I think he also would kind of can appreciate the other things of life too. And I think he's maybe setting himself up in a more patient manner that could actually be more conducive to maybe a more long-term career than Pep, because I think Pep is very, very kind of, short bursts of intensity whereas I think Xavi is maybe looking to do it in a slightly different way if that makes sense.
0: Yeah absolutely I mean that sort of brings me mm. on to a question I was going to ask you a little bit later in terms of, of the long term I mean just for now Real Sociedad's B team their third tier in Spain why do you think Xabi Alonso with him being such a, a big name you know won everything there is to win within the game why do they have to go that low down or, or was it a conscious choice to go to a club that he knows inside out, he couldn't just go into the first team. So therefore the next best thing was Real Sociedad's B team, which of course is where he started out.
1: Yeah, I think it was a very conscious decision, definitely. I think when Chabi retired from football, he took kind of maybe a year out that was basically a year long summer, he's, he's called it in the past with his uh, his wife and children. And I think he really took time to think about his next step and strategize his next step. Um, so I think everything he's doing is very, very considered. Uh, also, San Sebastian is obviously his home, and it's his wife's home too. And it was very important for him to have uh, his children spend a good bit of time growing up there uh, to kind of get because San Sebastian a very special city, and it's a, it's a city that really kind of shapes its residents in many ways. And I think it's very evident in Chabi's personality, kind of the stylish, um, hardworking, considered individual that he is. Like, uh, but. For his short-term and medium-term future, his contract expires this coming summer, um, and I think he's done a very good job so far, but it's obviously always going to be capped uh, in terms of because the first team take the best players. So your progression is always going to be kind of constrained in some way. Uh, Why he went that far down, I think it's because he thought about it and decided that to properly develop as a coach, he has to learn the ropes. He's not going to be somebody who lives off his former glories as a player, but going straight into a top job and maybe kind of reveling in his celebrity somewhat. I think he found it really important to go down there and really kind of learn the ropes at a basic grassroots level. Like he's mentioned in the past that if Liverpool are playing in the Champions League on Wednesday night and they're playing a, a rival on at the weekend, he's going to watch the tapes of the rivals' last game. Uh, in the Segunda B, as opposed to watching a Liverpool match, because he doesn't want to be somebody who's living off past glories, spending his Wednesday nights uh, from the TV watching teams he used to play for. He wants to be in this new world completely, and I think by going to that level, he removed himself from the world of celebrity and kind of the media spotlight somewhat, and just got to the basics of coaching and developing players. You know, so I think it's a very, very wise move. But I think that. He won't be at Real Sociedad for very long. I think that when his contract is up at the end of the summer, I could very much see him going elsewhere because I think that Emmanuel, Emmanuel uh, Alguacil is doing a very good job at uh, La Real and I don't think he'll be leaving anytime soon. And I think Chabi has already shown at Real Madrid that he's not, w- while he's wait willing to wait, he's not going to hang around forever. Like he will move when the opposition right when the opportunity arises.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to come to next, really, was obviously there is kind of this expectation that he's gone to Real Sociedad's B team with one eye on the first team at some point. But it's difficult, isn't it? Because as you say, Real Sociedad, they're absolutely flying in La Liga. They've, over the last couple of seasons, really progressed and, and become one of the, the best teams in that division. So there's not really any rush to to get rid of the manager they've already got. That probably pushes him towards an exit door. It might not have been in the plan to begin with, but I suppose it, it kind of has to be the plan now if he's going to take mm-hmm. the next step in his progression.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, like Real Sociedad are probably the best placed out of the big three to challenge for a title of this season. I don't think they will personally because like, it's a very, very tough ask to uh, maintain a t- challenge over the course of the season, especially when you're playing in the Europa League. But I think they're very much going in the right direction under Algo And I think that... It's kind of a perfect synthesis of a club, a city, and a coach because Aguasila is local as well. He's not from San Sebastian, but he's from the area. He played for the club. He understands it very, very well. He's been there since 2011, I think. Um, he stepped in uh, to take control of the first team for a period before going back to the B team. So he showed he's very much committed to the club, whereas I think Chabi is very much got his sights set on hitting the elite. Like he's spoken in the past that he loved to coach Uh, Real Sociedad to the league title because he he, he didn't manage that as a player he kind of came very close in 2003 uh, only to lose to Real Madrid in the very end Um, so that's something he definitely wants to do but uh, I'm not sure what that looks like Uh, maybe he'll go somewhere else and come back I'm not sure exactly but uh, I think he'll forge ahead by any means necessary I don't think he'll leave sentiment cloud his judgement
0: we mentioned two players that he developed last season who'd stepped up to the first team in Guevara and Zubimendi. You mentioned that they both sort of play in a similar-ish way to the way that he used to play. But are, there, are they the, the two players that you pick out in terms of the ones who he has developed? Has that been a, a real success of, of his management and his coaching that he's really progressed and, and developed these players, even if you know, the results are not the main thing at, at that level, it, it's more about the players that you take up and, and move on. And, you know, those two players, 23 and, and 21, they are now, they've now stepped up to the first team. Is that kind of the most important thing for him in the the role that he's got right now?
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of very difficult, the role he has to judge it from the outside, because, you know, obviously, Segunda B games aren't televised uh, every week. Um, and it's not really in the media spotlight but I think what he's doing is basically earning a name for himself within the game as in within the kind of corridors of power as opposed to within the media narrative do you know what I'm saying so I think the job he's doing is going to be well known by Real Sociedad uh, throughout the club and well known by the players and then that will spread through the world of football at that level as to you know in kind of the media if that makes sense so I think his progress is always going to be hampered because the best players he develops will leave. Um, but I think that what he's doing is basically kind of building reputation as well as his own knowledge in the game. Regarding those two players, they're both good players. I wouldn't say they're really like him because there's very few players who are like him, of course, like in terms of his ability, um, which is kind of the, the elite of the elite. But yeah, they're both defensive midfielders. They're both quite quite aggressive. Um, I would say Guevara is more aggressive than uh, Di um capable passers kind of tactically intelligent disciplines they're, they're impressive guys you know um but like i said they, i don't think they're quite at his level but uh but they're they're good players and they've definitely learned a lot from being under him like you know because i think like i said earlier while he was a fantastic player i think he was also very very good at kind of conveying his experiences to the players you know
0: yeah absolutely then just to to finish off with yourself i mean The prospects of promotion for for Real Sociedad would be, I'm sure, you know, getting back into the second tier is what they're aiming for. They're currently, I think, eighth out of 11 teams in their division, but they're only five points off top spot in the table. They've played eight out of the 20 league matches. How important is it that they take that next step up? Would Xabi Alonso gain a great deal from being the man to take them back up to the second division? or? Is it, as we said, is it more about individuals and, and bringing the team on and developing them and
1: if they miss out on promotion, maybe it's not the end of the world for them? Um, yeah, I think that it's very difficult because, you know, in that same division, you have Athletic Clubs B-team who beat them 2-1 on the weekend. Um, and then you also have like Barra and Amora Bieta who are very, very strong clubs as well as Racing um, of Santander. So I think it's very hard because when you're, playing with younger players competing against men who are kind of seasoned professionals in the division it's very, very difficult. You know, like I remember even just this kind of random comparison, but I remember in the Sunderland documentary uh, when they were relegated to the championship and they are playing against Barnsley. And even though Barnsley were never going to be a team that are really, you know, they can't match them man for man, but they have the experience of being in the division, playing in those grounds, playing that style of football. And that's a very, very difficult thing to to. to compete against I think it's very similar to what he's going through with Real Sociedad um, because he's playing against these hardened teams that are really really experienced at that level and they know exactly what they're doing and so I think while if you could get them promoted it would be a fantastic achievement I think it'd be very, very difficult. And I think the primary thing is his development and the development of players that he's working with. But if he could do that, and I'm sure that's what he has his eye on, it would be a brilliant achievement for sure. And it would definitely stand in very, very good stead. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
0: Well, really interesting stuff there from Alan for in part one of the podcast. And I'm now joined by Colin Miller, editor of Spanish football website, Football España. Colin, thanks for for joining us. I mean, Xabi Alonso seemingly has a, a really distinct style of play that he's been able to imprint onto his Real Sociedad B players. And I suppose that it's really impressive when a manager is able to to do that and coach those players and almost, you know, put his own mould and his own image onto a team that he's not worked with for that long.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Xavi Alonso was obviously come into Real Sociedad uh, in the summer of last year and he's made such an impression early on. And I think it was always obvious, I think for a lot of people who played with Xavi Alonso and who coached him as well, that his intentions could always spiral into the world of coaching because this is a guy who's obviously very smart, he's very intelligent. He's somebody that's worked under a number of top coaches in Europe. Obviously, you think of Rafael Benitez at Liverpool, but to go on with Jose Mourinho at Madrid and then to join Pep Guardiola at Bayern Munich too. And obviously, Carlo Ancelotti, this is a guy who's spent time not just at the top clubs, but under the top managers under a range of different sort of styles and methods. And I think that the general consensus is that he's almost taken a bit out of all of those coaches and all of those methods and sort of moulded them into his own vision of how he wants football to be played. And I think that sort of coming outside of a Spanish football bubble to think what he does the Real Sociedad's B-team is that this is a club who are in the third tier of Spanish football. It's a regionalised division. It's a club who don't have any serious ambitions of getting promoted. That isn't their main aim. The main aim of this team is to provide players directly for Real Sociedad's first team. And that is something that it's really a tradition of the club. And even this season alone, they have 16 players in their first team squad who were developed through their own uh, through their own youth system and that's more than any other club in La Liga. So that's essentially what Javier Alonso has been tasked to do with his side and he's already started to do it even though he's only been in the job a year he's already been credited with players development and players being promoted into the first team. Um, I think it's probably fair to say that Martin Zubimendi who has been he's gone through the B team and in the first team. He's also an under 21 international with Spain. And again, this is a player who is a who's a sort of holding midfield player, he's a sort of deep lying playmaker almost, and that's a very similar role and position that obviously Xabi Alonso had as a player himself. So you can immediately see that this is somebody whose whose techniques, whose methods, and who's who's telling players what to do. And I think that a key part of this is even the Bayern Munich CEO Carl uh, heinz Rummenigge said earlier this year that you know Xabi Alonso could be a potential future coach of Bayern Munich, and he's not just saying that. Because he's a former player of the club, he actually came out and said, Look, like, you know, Javi Alonso, he's so impressive because of the empathy he has with these players, the understanding and the connection he has with players. Obviously he's he's only retired in the past few years, but he has a connection there. And I think he can he can get these methods across in a way that it's understandable and is very coherent to a modern footballer. And I think that, that makes the world of difference if they can if they can be broken down in an digestible manner for them, it's really important. And I think that's that's something that's clear. And I think it's something that's very highly valued in a lot of elite European clubs, such as Bayern Munich, and obviously, such as Liverpool as well. And you know, obviously, with with a coach who's a former player, of the club is doing so well. That's something that that's something that's going to spark a lot of beat and possible, you know, is is this a guy who could potentially one day come back to Anfield and be a top coach or, or to be to be the manager even? And that's something. It's obviously still quite a long way off, but there's a lot of early signs from what Javier Alonso has done and from what the people around him were saying. That is hugely impressive and could potentially do very well for the future. Am I right in thinking that it's
0: a sort of real increase in in flair and, and creativity within his team that is sort of being praised as much as anything else? I mean, obviously he's got certain ways of playing, but it seems that he's giving his players a, a degree of freedom as well to express themselves.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? I think this is the point of of the team we, we spoke there about. You know, the, their primary objective isn't to get promoted. There's no there's no sort of great weight on these players shoulders to meet any sort of expectations and to think that this is, this is Real Sociedad's B team and they're playing at the same level that the first team of say like Deportivo La Coruña are at the minute and this is obviously a club who were in the Champions League semi-finals uh, not so many years ago and that, 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 that makes the world of difference. These players don't have the weight of expectations that those at other clubs at this level do. These are players who can go out and express themselves so that's why I think this current job is a very good fit for Xabi Alonso because he can go out and he can coach his players to play in this certain method, in this certain stylistic approach that will then that sort of ease their transition into first team football in the years to come. And the teams around them um, are all senior players. You know, these are all players in their late 20s, early 30s. And I know that obviously the athletic club will bow. There are B teams in this league as well, but they are surrounded by rival clubs who, who are much more streetwise or at a level where, you know, they probably are conditioned more towards winning matches before particularly being so so loyal to a certain style of play. But it's a different it's a different set of objectives, as I said. And I think that's important for young coaches to be given this opportunity. And I think the comparison's been drawn quite a lot with others who've come through this this sort of way of coaching a B team at this level. And obviously Pep Guardiola did that at Barcelona before he was promoted to the uh, first team coach position. So there's a lot of there's a lot of indications that this is a great platform for xavi alonso and the fact that he has the fact that as you say he has implemented a style which is probably a bit more expressive for his players you know he's given a set set he's given a set of instructions essentially by the club to be like look we want you playing in this certain manner we want you developing players and everything else but of course he's got his own sort of his own sort of way of implementing that and bringing that forward and i think that can be seen as well in their results and the type of players that are being brought through are players who may not necessarily be attacking players but who have that that general mindset of expressing themselves and 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 not being afraid of, of trying passes and trying trying to take risks on the pitch as well and obviously that's within a controlled environment but i think sometimes that in modern coaching that can almost be coached out of players you know, it's almost like the CF option, like player, like coaches and players, they want to just tick boxes, they want to sort of get through things. I don't think that's the case here. And you can see that by the type of player that's already coming through at L'Areal and, and and what's being done at the minute. And I, I think that's generally what's, what's viewed um, as a consensus as being very impressive.
0: Yeah, lots of, of creativity, lots of exciting sort of football being played, but he obviously played under Rafa Benitez, he played under Jose Mourinho as well. Uh, are there sort of elements of, of those sorts of managers within what he's doing as well? Because you'd think that you know those are, are big managers and big personalities that he's worked with. You'd think that that would have rubbed off in some way.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and that's, that's exactly the thing. When, when you look at the sort of European coaching circles of the past 10 or 15 years and the the contrast of Guardiola and Mourinho and, and what they coach and what what their players, what sort of mindset their players will inherit is almost completely at odds. And and as you said, the fact that Alonso has had has had both of those influences on his own career and obviously Rafael Benitez and I've spoke of Carlo Ancelotti as well. Like these are all managers with different ideas of how to control games and how to how to develop players and what what is the right way of coaching, the right way of playing. So yeah, it's almost like a hybrid of all that. And that's I think I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people thought that Xabi Alonso was gonna take this coaching route. And it's also a similarity to Pep Guardiola again, in the sense that these are players who we have obviously gone into coaching, but have gone through playing in a similar position on the pitch as this sort of deep line midfielder who can kind of organise all those around them, who can see the pitch, who, who not just not just in terms of keeping possession and retaining the ball, but finding space and creating space for others. This is something that's been a sort of trend throughout their playing careers. And it's almost like a natural evolution as such to go into coaching from that playing point of view. And so those those are all qualities that he's had. And yeah, I, I mean, Listen to play under a Guardiola team and to play under a, a Mourinho team; they're almost completely contrasting in terms of that sort of holding midfield role. But yeah, that, that's that's something again. The, the the sort of hybrid of that is it's really interesting to see how he will then take that into his coaching career because maybe a lot of people might contrast that with say Steven Gerrard, who's obviously gone out on the uh, coach Rangers after after his playing career at Liverpool. But he he as I suppose the difference there is that Gerrard never had this sort of wholesome. Approach that Alonso has had in terms of his own playing career obviously haven't played at three or four different elite clubs uh, it almost gives you a different coaching perspective and it would be really interesting to see then and to contrast just how how their coaching careers and, and their management styles develop from there but yeah it, it, it's one definitely to keep an eye on
0: I think there's uh, an interesting comparison with Mikel Arteta to be made as well they play for the same youth team they came through at a similar time they're very good friends as far as I'm aware I mean It seems with Arsenal and and Arteta, they have a very regimented style of play. They want to do things in a a very exact sort of way. It's it's almost like a scientific approach to to playing football. Is there any sort of element of that with Alonso? Because it it sort of seems like they've gone two different ways in a a sort of coaching sense, even though they've come through at Sociedad, they've played for for top clubs. They seem to have have gone about in, in slightly differing ways.
2: Yeah, again, it's a really interesting way of contrasting it because, as you said, they came from a very similar background. Obviously, coming up through the same Real Sociedad sort of youth youth academy, and again, that, I suppose that's that's the kind of contrast in the playing careers. Whereas you know, Xabi Alonso's played at Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, obviously at Liverpool as well. Whereas Mikel Arteta spent a lot of his prime prime career really um, at Everton under under David Moyes, and, and he obviously played for a spell. A spell at Arsenal too. He played obviously with Rangers um, in Scotland, and I guess that that may be the fact that he has come through this this more of a focus of British football and a British sort of mentality of coaching, which could I suppose may, may mean a different style. I think whenever you look at Arteta at Arsenal at the moment, he does seem to be obsessed in terms of numbers, in terms of crossing numbers and set pieces and in the sort of the the, the, st- the statistical sort of side of football, whereas I. I haven't really got that impression from Alonso, and obviously he hasn't he hasn't had the same sort of profile of management or the kind of exposure in terms of the media that Arteta has. But it seems unlikely that that, that they would have the same sort of approach to coaching and and instructions of what their teams want to do. And again, it's it's something that's really interesting because I think that many people had this impression of Mikel Arteta whenever he was appointed that having been a coach directly under Guardiola that he would almost implement this same sort of style of play. And that hasn't really been the case at all. You know, it's more been the case of defensive structure and and sort of the keeping things tight and then and then exploiting your sort of crossing situations, which isn't isn't really comparable comparable at all. And and that's something that's really interesting. Again, it's um it's the influence of a playing career on a coach and what what their sort of stylistic mold has comprised of and, and how they've come up with these ideas. And it's I suppose it's the influence of the managers they've played under, and that is again something that makes Alonso a particularly interesting case.
0: And moving forward then with Alonso, I mean, Real Sociedad are doing really, really well in in La Liga. It doesn't look like their manager is going to move on anytime soon. But what do you think the the next step is for Alonso? And and what do you think the end goal is for him as well? Do you think it is a a Liverpool, a Real Madrid, a Bayern Munich that he's got his eye on maybe, I don't know, in in five, ten years' time?
2: Yeah, it is. Again, it's a really interesting thing because Javi Alonso, he's obviously in an environment now, which is his home city, his his hometown. He's surrounded by... Friends and family, and like the Real Sociedad B team coaching role, it is obviously a relatively uh, low-key, low-profile role. And and there is a sense, and there are suggestions that that is something that, that he just wanted at the moment. He, he he hasn't really asserted himself in terms of I'm definitely going down a, a coaching or managerial route, which again is something that can be contrasted with say Steven Gerrard, who was always very sort of like I'm going to do my coaching badges at Liverpool, I want to get into a management role kind of early in my career. He's always very assertive about that whereas Alonso is slightly different, you know, you kind of have the impression that he has the ability and the potential to become a, to become an elite coach, certainly if not a manager, and, and that's something that's going to be interesting to see if he actually wants to go down that route, and there are suggestions that at the moment, yes, he is enjoying his role at Real Sociedad, but does he want to stay in the game, does he want the added pressures and the added expectations of going to a bigger club, and Again, there are suggestions, and there's been nothing official, but that there have been approaches from other clubs who have said to him that like, we would we would be interested in maybe taking you on as a as a high level coach, either at youth level or where you know with the first team in some capacity. And he hasn't obviously accepted that role if if that has been the case. And so it'll be interesting to see how long he wants to stay. Obviously, Real Sociedad are doing very well at the minute. Nemanol Aguasil, who's their first team coach, again, he came through the youth academy, he he, he coached the youth teams, and there's a sense that, is Xabi Alonso kind of, has he gone through the same system? Is he going to take the reins of the first team whenever Aguasil departs? But there's no real suggestion that that's going to happen anytime soon. And they're certainly, if not, they're probably not competing for the, the title in Spain at the moment, but certainly a top four or a top six place would be their objective this season. And it's, it's hard to see that, Aguasile's position is going to change anytime soon, so yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a case of waiting and seeing, I think, for Alonso, um, I don't think that position's going to open up, and it'll just be interesting to see, is he going to be content with the role he has at the minute, I mean, obviously it's, it gives him a sense of fulfilment and achievement to see these players progress and be developed into the first team, and he's obviously played an influence in that, but is he going to want to take a higher profile role? at a club who can maybe give him the opportunities that maybe Real Sociedad can't, and that's no slight to them, they're obviously a fantastic club, but he's got a lot of admirers and it's going to be really interesting to see, certainly within the next year or two, what he decides to do, And, and you do think that he will have a lot of influence over that decision, and it's just not quite clear yet what it is that he wants.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Really interesting stuff. Thanks to, to Colin. It's going to be really, really fascinating to, to sort of keep track of, of what Shabby Alonso does next. And I'm sure this won't be the last podcast that we put to, together on him. Of course, Shabby Alonso, not just for Liverpool, but for, for Real Madrid, for Bayern Munich, for so many clubs that are a wonderful footballer. And it does seem like he's starting to transmit some of that knowledge onto the next generation of the club he started out at, of course, Real Sociedad. Could he be Liverpool manager one day? Quite possibly, it seems, as long as that's what he wants, because it certainly seems like he's on the right path to the very top.
1: You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast
0: from the Liverpool Echo.